Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We don't necessarily panic here because everybody already has like a stash for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. I am holding an ice pack to my left eye. Yeah. Bar fight? I am officially I'm a, I'm officially a walking disaster. <laughs> I'm a I'm a, I'm a dumpster fire, actually. Like that's basically a walking dumpster fire is what I am right now. <laughs> a walking dumpster fire. It does need to be yeah. said that mm-hmm. the reason that you are a walking dumpster fire, at least in part, is that you've been recording your own book and realizing what you wrote and we'll just say moderately crying excessively. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we can talk about that for a second. Um, they booked me for four days at a studio down- downtown and there's a woman in New York who is sort of coaching me as I go along. And there's a sound guy that I'm working with at this studio in, in Salt Lake. And I'm in a studio setting. I'm in a little room. Uh, and I'm reading my book out loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's almost like you're having to actually face the words by saying them out loud. Like acknowledge that they're there. Yeah. You know, I've read the book several times but that was a few months ago because I've been doing (laughs) so much else since then Um, there is a very different way of writing um, for probably screenplays than, than books because when you start to read books out loud certain sentences become really really complicated to get out like coherently oh yeah you doubt you start tripping over them especially like those longer sentences that are that are fine grammatically they're just really hard to read yeah like especially the sentences that contain all the scientific words oh yeah i forgot about that um oh yeah that would be fun (laughs) like i'm trying to i'm trying to pronounce an anesthetic and it's called isoflurane but sometimes it's called isoflurane and like i kept tripping up on it i kept i kept I kept tripping up on fentanyl. You're supposed to call it fentanyl, not fentanyl. Um, Opioid. I kept tripping up on that. There was a lot of sentences that I had to read literally like, I'm not kidding, like 40 times in order to get it out. Holy. Wow. And then I would go like, like on on the pages where I'm writing about my feelings and my my relationships and like what I'm going through like those pa- I would go through 10 pages without without like missing a word like I would just come out of me which makes sense I mean that was the natural part of your story yeah that, that was the natural part of it I would get into those 
pages and I would, it would be really easy for me to read. But then (laughs) I started to like remember what it felt like. And, um, there are, I'm just, there are parts where I'm like, who wrote this fucking book? (laughs) (laughs) Cause I'm like, I was at one point I was like, excuse me, I just need to like, and I turned to the side and I just like quietly sobbed in that little room to myself. Like there's just like the, parts like between me and my mom that I just couldn't like it took me a while to get through um and they let me keep the emotion in my voice so there's a lot of emotion in my voice (laughs) so people are going to really they're gonna feel they're gonna feel it because I couldn't help but feel everything that I felt when all of those words happened in like I mean I wrote the words but when those words actually occurred like all of that emotion came just flooding back especially given the last month and a half of my life and yeah it's been it's been a hard it's been a hard couple of days just because of that like I was in the studio for like nine hours each day reading that's a lot that's a lot of just I mean that's a lot of speaking in general even if you're not reading your own book yeah and then you woke up to two feet of snow so (laughs) and today okay so i'm about to post this to instagram so i was supposed to go see my nephew come home from his mission it's a big deal like a big he's been gone two two years two years yeah okay and you haven't seen him at all since no you're no uh -uh. wow someone returning from a mission is a big 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 deal and we were all supposed to go But we woke up to literally, like, it's still snowing. There's more than two feet on the ground. Nothing has been plowed. I looked at Uber. There are no Ubers available. (laughs) So I was just like, Mom, I don't think that we're going to be able to get out of our neighborhood to even get food. So they called a snow day for the first time in the 16 years that I have lived in Utah. They called a snow day. For the first time. That's pretty intense. Yeah. I'm surprised he even managed to fly in. Well, so Salt Lake City is probably one of the most prepared airports when it comes to snow. Salt Lake Airport, this is technical, sorry. It sits right next to the lake. And do you know about lake effect snow? Oh, yes, because I grew up right on the shore of Lake Superior, so we would get a (laughs) shitload of lake effect snow. We have lake effect snow, not that often, but when we do, it's just like, it just like cram, it just slams us and the airport sits right there. So the airport is really equipped to deal with this more than any other airport. I think probably in the country, we just, we deal with snow. So he came, but but then basically once you're there, they're like, eh, you're on your own. (laughs) We can get you into the building. That's all we promise. We're not paying the TSA agents. You can take in you can take in that water right. bottle and that razor. Oh god. Uh, my mother wow. my mother just sent the um this sort of ties into me talking about my book because I wrote about this. Um she sent me a, a video of his name is Britton and he's like six foot four and he's just this beautiful blonde hulking football player for BYU and he comes down the elevator it's a thing 
at the airport. You have to understand that at Salt Lake City International Airport, missionaries come home and there are always like a thunderous amount of people there to greet these missionaries. And it's always it's always fun to come home like from a trip and to see people there standing with signs. Elder Henderson, Elder Hedengren, Elder Christensen. And like you sometimes what I would do is like I would come down the elevator and wait just to see what would happen when the, when the missionary would come home and like the screaming the screaming of their names and like the clapping and the crying and the hugging you know they've been gone for two years right wow and Britain and elder I mean excuse the ignorance but that's just elder is that a term that they <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't realize. Yeah, elder is the term that they use to call missionaries. Like um when you receive a certain when you achieve a certain level of um the priesthood, you're called an elder. When you re- okay. Yeah. So, when you but when you receive the priesthood, so you're a priest? No. I guess that makes sense. No, 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 no. You just receive the power of the priesthood? Ah, okay. Like you're able to give blessings, you're able to bless things. Um, there are certain levels of the priesthood that you achieve, and so when you go on your mission, you achieve this level that where you're called an elder. So Elder Hogan, Elder Britton Hogan, came home today, and I'm sorry for um, hijacking this. I apologize to the people who are like, this format doesn't work. Heather talks too much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there are those people, yeah. Sorry. There's a there's a lot going on. So Elder Hogan came home today and my mom sent me just now just now before we just now before I got on the phone with you a video of him coming down and my sister hugging him. And it's no secret And you cried. Did I cry? Of course I cried. Oh yeah. <laughs> I sobbed. I like watched it ten times and I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. Um <laughs> It's no secret that Britain is my sister's favorite kid, right? Um, <laughs> he's her baby boy, oh, you know? And she hugged him, and I just recognized in the way that she, like, touched his face. Like, I recognized, like, how I feel about my own kids. Just the touching his face and cradling his face and, like, looking at him and making, like like, pulling his head and, like, looking at him in the face. Britton had to, so he first sent in his papers. I talk about this in the book. He sent in his papers and was called to South Africa. But then he fell into a very, very, very severe depressive episode. Right. I feel like you might have touched on that on the podcast mm-hmm. at one point, at least briefly. Yeah. So he had... And had to basically cancel. Yeah. Right? They, they call it deferring. So he deferred for several months. Until he got better and they got him to a stable place and then he got called to San Antonio the second time he put in his papers, which was actually thrilling to my sister because she knew that if anything happened, he'd be in the country. Right. And how does the church, I mean, obviously he deferred it and it worked out and that's great, but how do they view that? I mean, do they take something like depression seriously yeah. or is it sort of an eye roll for them? No, okay. they take it very seriously. They they assess everything. And when they're called to missions, like it, 
basically the first presidency calls you to a mission and they receive a revelation of where you're supposed to go. And so, yeah, depression is an issue. Any sort of like health issue is an issue. It's like they take it into consideration and will send you to a place where you'd be able to get home quickly. Early on, he was really, 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 really depressed. And it was a lot like my brother talking about like like his first companion you have to be so missionaries go around in twos in pairs and you're stuck with this person like for 24 hours a day day in day out for like weeks at a time and you can't really be separated from the person and i think like his first couple of people that he was with were just miserable and he was really 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 struggling so how do they switch out like did they did the church recognize that, you know, they weren't going to work as a pair, so they swap, or what do they do? You swap like every. Uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of sort of cold on this. I think you swap like like the average is like every four to six weeks or eight weeks. Like you get a new companion every two months or so. They move you around, so you go from like this little part of San Antonio to this part of San Antonio to this part of San Antonio, and they move you around constantly. Wow. And, you know, he made it. And my mother said that in the letters that he was sending home the last, like, four weeks, he was like, you know, I made it. And I'm happy I did. I made it through. I'm really, 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 really scared about coming home and what that means and, like, what, where do we go from here? That type of thing. But he's happy to be coming home yeah would he want to continue the mission work or does he want to be done like um i mean i think every missionary wants to be done with a mission i mean you want to come back to your life except that you've been living this way for two years like this is like your mission like it's (laughs) no pun intended this is your mission in life for two years is all you do is you proselytize and you teach and teach and teach and teach the gospel and you talk about Jesus Christ and you talk about the Book of Mormon. That's all you do. And then you come home to real life that involves like episodes of The Bachelor that your sister is watching. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so it's the same, not not that I've experienced any of this, but it would be like a a researcher who goes off alone for six months and lives alone and then has to come back. Or mm-hmm. I mean, so I guess even incarceration to a certain point, like you're, you're then so adjusted to that unique, very limited piece of life. Right. That to then come back to all of life is just weird. Yeah. I was dating a guy um, who was interested in joining a church when my brother came home from his mission A lot of people get called to South America or Latin America, and the Book of Mormon is sort of like a gift to those cultures because it's basically a book that says you are a chosen people, like God has chosen you, and you are here because God chose you, and... Oh, I think I remember you saying that, so so it's sort of an quote-unquote easy place to be a mission you go down and you talk about it and people are just like yes 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 sign me up and my brother went to montreal canada (laughs) oh that's right yeah (laughs) where they speak a very different kind of french called quebecois and they speak literally like a a variant of french and they're very catholic and they have 
hatred, hatred for the idea of Mormonism. And my brother in the 20, excuse me, in the two years that he was gone, he baptized three people. Whereas like his roommates from college were baptizing like 400, 500 people on their missions. So that was an uphill battle for him. Yeah. Well, and it was really cold, very different culture. He talked about how it was so, and you probably can, he can probably relate to this given what happened. Is it still frigid there? It's not, I mean, not compared to what it was. It's like just above freezing today. So I'll take it. He talked, he, I remember him sending home a letter where he talked about how he and his companion were in the car and they were literally breathing air and it was the air would turn into snow (laughs) (laughs) yep oh yeah it was so cold and then one day they got into their car and it was so cold that the back window of the car shattered because it just couldn't take being that cold damn yeah and when he got home we all you know what they do is they hold a homecoming at the church where they welcome home the missionary. And then usually you go home after church and you have everybody over and you have a potluck and everybody talks. And we were all sitting around the living room. And you have to understand that my brother was was one of the most popular kids in school because of his humor. He was hysterical. People loved being around my brother. And he came back just broken in half. He was literally like, we sat and watched him and listened to him talk, and he was just broken. And suddenly just broke down in front of all of us, like started sobbing. And I'm sitting there with this person that I was dating who was interested in doing the church, and after it was over, he pulled me aside and said, I cannot be a part of any sort of institution that is going to do this to people, sorry. (laughs) Wow. Like it was that severe. So, well, at least he was perceptive enough. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's wild, though. There's our Mormon lesson for the day. We got the Mormon lesson out of the way. <laughs> and well, we have to have that. That's part of MRS. Mm-hmm. And he gets welcomed home with two feet of snow from t- yeah. coming from Texas. So that's just awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's a good point. He came home to Utah. <laughs> Here's Utah, hun. Uh, Terrible, honestly. But you know... You had snow last week, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Everything was awful last week. It was just so cold. But it's weird because it was, I guess, Wednesday, Thursday, it was really cold. I think the lowest it got where I live was like negative 24 or 26 (laughs) without the wind. So really fucking cold. Without the wind. Right, without the wind. But then by Saturday, it was 40. So like 65 degrees different. Two days later. Yeah. And it, and it was like 45 on Sunday. And then Monday it started to dip again. And now we're back. We had we actually had freezing rain last night. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, God. Oh, freezing oh, yeah. rain. Oh, God. I remember that shit. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Fortunately, there were some places that were supposed to get almost a half an inch of freezing rain. And we did not. We got just enough to kind of weigh down branches and things. But... By the time most people were commuting, the roads had been treated, so it was fine. But nonetheless, I'm I'm done with this weather. <laughs> it's it's old. It's like literally none of the streets have been plowed. None of the like if there's two and a half feet of snow in the street, 
Like, there were no Ubers available to take us to the airport. Like, we couldn't literally get out. It's insane. It's weird. I Whenever that happens, it always... I, I don't really understand why it gets to that point. Because usually, like, it starts to snow and the plows are out. And mm-hmm. they're just making the rounds and keeping up as best they can. And even if it's a huge storm, the streets, for the most part, are reasonable. But there are those storms sometimes where it's almost like they just said, ah, fuck it. Let's just wait. <laughs> fuck it. Let's wait until it's done. Fuck it. <laughs> and maybe that's what it was. Maybe they just knew there was going to be so much that even if they were out, it still wouldn't have really made yeah, a Yeah, they're probably like waiting for like, okay, we're just going to wait until like it kind of slows down because it's still snowing. It's supposed to snow all day long. And is it snowing like hard? No, it's um, not hard. Okay. But it's just accumulating. Like sometimes you get snow and it melts on the roads. This is accumulating, like it's literally packing up. And I'm sure they don't want to have to like drive around six times to plow the roads. And they like everything is canceled. Like Lita had dance tonight. They canceled that. Though my friend who does my nails canceled all of her appointments today. No, Nobody is driving anywhere, which is weird. You understand this. This is very weird for where we live because normally we just deal with this. Because of the density of the snow and because it's so packed up and because nothing is happening, everyone is just like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to wait it out. You know, I've got my, I've got my supplies. I've got my apocalypse supplies. <laughs> We're fine. Yep. But the apocalypse, God, I don't understand. Like, if you, if you really had to, if all of a sudden on a random day, someone said you have to be locked in your house for five days, you would all eat. It would be fine. Maybe you wouldn't eat what you want, but you have plenty of food. Uh-huh. Like the vast majority of people, that's true. I, I realize not everyone's in that position, but I went out, like I, I would have gone to get groceries yesterday anyway, and people are shopping like they're going to die <laughs> if they don't get food. And it's, it's it, even, even like the, the most extreme forecast was that it was supposed to be done by 6 a.m. So worst case scenario... You can't leave until maybe afternoon. Yeah. How the, there's no way you need that much food to survive 24 hours. I I don't understand it. I, it just is weird. Like people hear that they might have to be stuck somewhere for a day and panic immediately sets in. And it's the same thing every year. That's what I don't get. We don't necessarily panic here because everybody already has like a stash for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny. Everybody has their oh. food storage in their basement, so we're fine. <laughs> God, that's so wild to me. That's, I do not understand how that is a real thing. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. Like, my father goes and volunteers and packs 72-hour kits that they give out to members of the church. 72-hour kits. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't. I, yeah, well, that's pretty I mean, interesting. climate scientists are recommending it, you know, climate scientists are like, yeah, have a like 72, if not like five day kit on, on your, on your person. Like it's going to get that bad. So, yeah, I mean, yes, I get it for, I guess maybe it's, Maybe it's the reason, like I get it for climate, but not not so much for <laughs> apocalypse. It's just not, doesn't seem as urgent to me. But I don't know. 
the fact that the fact that there are people who would prepare for the apocalypse and somehow see that as more likely than climate change that is a whole separate topic for discussion <laughs> but come on science is real science right. is real oh man mm-hmm. yeah somebody in chicago i was gonna say this earlier tweeted that he's like yeah it's 30 degrees warmer than it was yesterday it is 10 degrees outside <laughs> yep and people like because it was so cold when it warmed up to like just above zero People were out in light jackets. Yeah. They weren't wearing hats because you, it, it feels amazing. Yeah. That's the same thing that happens here. Like it gets to like maybe 40 degrees and people start wearing shorts and flip flops. They're just yep. like, oh, yeah, this is this is summer, man. 40 degrees. It's amazing. It is kind of a weird phenomenon. I mean, it's the same thing here in the summer where we'll get a week where it's, you know, 98 or 100 and then it drops to high 80s. And suddenly it feels cold. Something is wrong. <laughs> and it doesn't take that long to for that to set in. I was just glad that school was not canceled today. Mm-hmm. I was really worried for the freezing rain. It was. I mean, we had three days last week where all the public schools were were closed. So I was I was pretty pleased with that. It's. it's I kind need of that little window. Yeah, the fact that there were schools closed where you are and schools closed where I am. That is a thing. Like, that is a, that's kind of a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, like, again, this is the first time in 16 years that they called a snow day. And yeah. I saw the message this morning and I was like, what in the world? This, like, it's a mayor. How, wow, how, oh, climate change. <laughs> right. I mean, it can't be global warming, though, because it's cold out. It's cold outside, so it can't be global There's snow, warming. so everything's cool. Mm-hmm. No worries. So were, were your girls, like, absolutely thrilled? I mean, it's the first time in their life that there's been a snow day. They were, they were like, shocked by the idea of it when I told them this morning. Like, I, re- I mean, I grew up with snow days. Like, they would predict an inch of snow two days early and then they cancel school for those two days and then it wouldn't snow and we still didn't have to go to school like <laughs> tennessee was like oh, oh yeah. it's gonna snow ah um so my kids were like what and then i told them that we weren't going to be able to go to the airport because we literally can't get out of the neighborhood safely and they were disappointed but you know they'll get to see him they'll get to see elder hogan this weekend. Elder so, Hogan. Yeah. They like him. They're close to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good, 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 good kid. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. But like you said, at least at least it's not like some weird three-day visit back and then he's got to leave again. He's back. So He's back. He's back from his mission. He's got to get into life. He's got to determine where he's going to live and where he's going to work and all that sort of thing. So kids. That's a lot kids yeah. yep <laughs> i'm just trying to get mine to remember to turn in his homework that's all it continues mm-hmm. hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because you know some people, like, if they know they're going to forget to do something, they put a rubber band on their finger or they write it on their hand. Like, people have different ways of remembering things. But... Lexton is very much the type of kid who would do that, but then not remember what it was for. So it would be a waste. (laughs) So what I finally did, because it got, oh man, it got to the point, he, one of his two public school classes is freshman biology. And he's actually been kicking ass on all of his tests, like doing really, really well and not turning in any homework or like half completing homework or whatever. So this semester we're now four weeks in maybe. Yeah. He, he literally has a 0%. Like I don't even, I, I don't know. And he, he's gone every day. He's there every single day. He's on time. Some of the shit was done. So I don't know how, how he lets that happen, nor do I honestly even understand how the, how the teacher how that's even possible. Right. I, I distinctly have memories of kids in classes in high school that maybe wouldn't finish a lab or something. Right. And they would have to stay after to finish it. Like it wasn't not doing it wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. So it's very confusing to me. But so I got him, you know, those little mini memo pads that are like three by five in the top spiral. Yes. Yeah. I got him one of those and ju- I just started today. So I, it's too soon to t- to say. I have him write the date on the top and then a list of all the key things that have to happen. And he has to have it in his pocket at all times unless he's sitting and doing schoolwork and he wants to set it like on the on the desk or table. Do you think he'll lose and it? I I don't know. I made it very clear that it is to remain in the pocket and if there is any chance that it could be forgotten then it doesn't come out of the pocket. Like, you could set it on the desk if you're not going to lose it. He said, well, it's uncomfortable. I said, yeah, that is kind of the point because you'll feel it <laughs> and remember why it's there. And he it, he knows it's not like a punishment, but because he he is frustrated that he has so much trouble remembering because he hasn't quite put that piece together that he's not remembering because he doesn't care to remember. Right. That's really what it is. It's not a memory issue. It's it's the memory version of selective hearing. Right. And I don't I don't know if it's I don't know if it's going to work, but I don't know I don't know what else to do. It's 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 so frustrating to see a 0% and then he'll take a test and get an A. And that's what I'm trying to get him to see like you're capable of doing this, but you're just making it so much harder on yourself. Is it the way he learns? Is that what it comes into play here? 
That's a good question. I don't, I don't think so. This has been like the the most difficult piece of figuring out his his learning style because it and I, the only it's just the only way that I know how to describe it is it's his learning style is interest based, and if whatever they're studying does not immediately pique his interest, he just shuts down. Right. He just doesn't pay attention doesn't care, doesn't take notes, and he's not rude about it or combative about it or anything. He just shuts down. Yeah. And and it's hard because I'm like I I hated biology. I still don't really enjoy it. I don't really like life science. But he hasn't quite realized that some parts of life suck and you still have to do them. Like you have to find a way to to get through it. And that's the piece that is missing. I mean, you like, there's plenty of things you do in a day that you don't want to do. Right. That are boring or whatever, but you do them because you have to do them. And you don't have to enjoy them. You just have to do them. I feel like I'm, I'm re-giving the lecture I gave him yesterday. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I just, I, I'm trying to come up with every possible different way that I can say it because then maybe one of those ways will just click. And finally, I told him, I said, the, the other issue, I said, if you don't care, that's one thing. But I said, as your dad, I automatically have more to do than you do. And exactly. I said, that's fine because I'm a parent. But when you then don't hold up your end of the bargain at all, and I have even more to do, then it's not fair to me. Right. I said, then, it, then it's not kind. So I said, you don't have to necessarily care about your biology, but I know you care about me. And what you're doing is negatively affecting me. And I said, that, then that's an issue. And I do feel like that kind of, like, I, I feel like he honestly hadn't really thought about that. Like, it's, it's more about, it's, it's more than just biology, right? It's more, oh, yeah. it's more than about just that class. It's about the whole dynamic of performing and doing what you're supposed to do because you are sacrificing all that you do in order to get him to that class and make sure that he's learning the things he needs to learn. And it's just about that dynamic. And I'm sure, I'm sure a psychologist is going to come and tell us that we're wrong for all of this. <laughs> oh, probably. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can guarantee that I'm taking the wrong approach, but you just, I mean, that's, that's part of parenting is like trying to figure out what works. Yeah. And it is, I mean, biology is like the, it's the current example but he also, he wanted, he wanted an allowance. And I said, sure. So let's come up with a list. And we made a list of chores. He doesn't do them. The only way he does them is if I remind him of every single item on the day he's supposed to do it. Usually I have to remind him like three times. So I use that as an example too. I said, you're not, you're actually making it worse for me because I could just do it myself right. rather than have to ask you three times. Or if I forget to ask him because I count on him to do it, then it doesn't get done. The trash didn't get taken out for three weeks, three, <laughs> three fucking weeks. Fortunately, it's just two of us, so it's not like there were mounds of excess garbage. But come on. Oh, it's just, it's this kind of shit that just, like, it just adds up. It adds, yeah. I mean, I, I texted you the day that I went to pick up Marlo and she was nowhere to be found. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. I think that entire text message was all caps. All caps. It was just one of those, oh, God, these weeks. 
I didn't expect to get a black eye this week, but there you go. These weeks, like you have these days where it's just like, fuck. And like, I, like I'm literally running out of the house to go pick her up and I drive down there and I park illegally waiting for her to come out of the building and she doesn't come out of the building. And I have told her over and over and over and over again, you have to come out to the car and she just likes to wander around after the bell rings, apparently. She's done this to oh, my mother. Man. I'm gonna <laughs> Like literally she just she just walks around. Yeah. She'll go get her lunchbox and then she'll just sort of walk around and see if she any of her old teachers are around so she can she can talk to them and and then like literally, literally like twenty five minutes later we'll wander slowly out of the building and I was just done that day. I was done that day and I parked illegally, walked into the school, ran into the school, like waved to the waved to Cindy. Hi Cindy, it's, I have to go find Marlo. <laughs> Again. <laughs> they know the situation now, so they're just like, whenever Heather comes in, just let her come in. Um so I like find her in a random hall and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, what? What? I'm like, how many times have I told you to come to the car? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so we get home and I'm like rushing to answer like four emails that are like desperately needed to be answered. And I'm standing in the kitchen and she starts, I'm not proud of this, by the way. I'm not. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, let's let's do it. I'm not, I am not proud of this, but I am frantically trying to get these emails. And, and again, you know what it's like. Email is not what pays the bills, Right work right pays the bills but you right. spend all of this time doing email and it's so frustrating so i'm frantically trying to get these emails responded to and like i have to be upstairs because i have to direct her to do her homework and i have to be there just to like she needs the presence in the room like like having a, a presence in the room helps her get her homework done yep that sounds familiar yeah and I'm standing there answering email, and she starts squeaking Coco's toys to work Coco up. Oh, God. So I don't like to shovel snow, and I don't like to trick-or-treat. <laughs> and the other thing that I hate most in this world is the noise that comes out of the dog when she gets worked up. <laughs> It is so shrill and electrifying that my whole spine starts to like shake and almost break in half. I just like, like a screeching bark howl. Yeah, sort it's of it's thing. more okay. of a like a um it's not even a bark, it's a like <laughs> but like turn that up like to like a thousand. She oh, wow. sc- she screams. And I just like slammed my fist on the countertop and I was like, Marlo. And she looks at me and she's like, what? And I was like, do you remember the mom from two years ago? She's back. Hello. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. And I just, I just needed to calm down. So I texted my mom and I'm like, calm me down. Like I have to get through this day. Please get me through this day. I need to get through this day. This pace for the last five weeks of my life has been so relentless that I don't know how to catch my breath. 
and I apologized to her afterward and everything was fine. But my mother agreed. And this is sort of the same, like going back to Lexton and his performance in biology, like my mother even agreed with me. She's like, we indulge her. Like she just knows that we're going to wait until she comes out of the building. I, I say, tell her that she's got five minutes and if she doesn't come in five minutes, you're gone. And she walks on by herself. Like yeah. that was my mother's idea. My mother, the most like fucking indulgent, amazing, compassionate person in the world. She was like, leave her there. Tell her five minutes or leave. So that's the new rule is this she doesn't come out by 305. We're done. And has she come out? Well, it started on Monday. Okay. Um, and today's a school day, so. And Cammy Cammy is in town for for Lita's birthday, which was on. Oh yeah, Lita turned fifteen. By the way. In addition to everything else, <laughs> happy birthday, Lita! Oh my God! Yeah, that was a thing. So Cammy actually walked down and picked her up because I was recording my book, and then yesterday she did the same thing because I was recording my book, um, and then today's a snow day. So, um, yeah. So Lita turned 15. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it has been, it has been, there's been a lot. I do think your mom is spot on. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of parents end up doing, not intentionally, but you kind of fall into a pattern so you don't even realize it mm -hmm. because she's right. Like Marlo knows if you wait for 10 minutes, if she waits for 10 minutes, you'll be there. If she waits for a half an hour, you're going to be there. And we've talked about this before. It's the same as as anything else. Like if if you knew you could go to your job and surf the web and put your feet up and do whatever you wanted and still get paid and no one cared, you don't really have any incentive to actually do your job <laughs> or get a job if mm -hmm. that is your thing. And I think it's the same the same mentality. So if she realizes like essentially that every single moment doesn't revolve around whatever her next whim might be. Right. That could, I mean, I have a feeling you're going to end up leaving solo sometimes yep. in the and beginning. She's going to walk and, home alone. Yep. And she's, and she's either going to hate it or she's going to realize it's not bad. And then you just don't pick her up. And then that's, yeah, that's fine. But either way, you're not waiting for 25 minutes wondering what she's doing. Yeah. And, and not feeling bad about it. Right. She forgot her llama hat one day. And we've talked about this before, like when they forget their lunch and, all that shit. Uh, oh, yeah. It was really cold and she forgot her llama hat and she was just like, can you bring it to me? And I was like, honey, I have got four appointments today and two conference calls. I cannot bring it to you. Sorry. You forgot it. And, and there was probably a reminder thrown in there <laughs> yeah. earlier in the day. I'm just guessing like that it probably happened. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to, in a situation like that, like I can imagine someone listening to this and, hearing that she wanders the halls and looks for old teachers to talk to and oh that's super cute and yeah it is but it's also a pain in the ass when it's like all the time you know when you when you know that there are like four major emails like somebody's interested in turning your book into a screenplay like that kind of shit that you have to go home and like consider the answer to 
Like, you know, like you have this waiting for you at home and you're waiting, 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 waiting for her to come out of school. And it's just like, dear God, help. Well, but even though on the days, like, even if you had absolutely nothing to do, and this especially applies to you because of how much you love driving, the last place you want to be is sitting in a car, even if you have nothing to do. And I think it's also just the message that it sends, like, your time is not important to me, mm-hmm. so I don't care. Yeah. Not that not that like Marlo is being malicious and intentional no. about it, but that's that is the signal that's being sent. Like, I know I'm supposed to be out here, but eh. Like this is something that is learned. This is something that is learned. I think. Like you yes. have to understand that when you do this, you are infringing on their time. You need to understand yes. this. Like my mother gets so frustrated. She picks her up on the days that she takes Lita to dance. And she's like, there are times when I, she's like, I go into the school and I can't even, I can't even find her. Yep. So we've instated the rule. Like again, you know, you're just figuring out parenthood. Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> and then when that doesn't work, then we'll just figure it out again. Mm-hmm. That's really all it's about. It's just like constantly reinventing the way you see the world because of these small people because of these small people right yeah that's what it is because the reality is like even if you say five minutes and then you're leaving our world still revolves around them Mm -hmm. and that won't change no it just it can't no and then and, and then you know like I wrote a little bit about this on the photo that I posted on Instagram like we were having we made Lita waffles for breakfast that's what she wanted waffles and bacon and syrup and all that sort of stuff and she wanted to hear like she's super super into the music that I listen to and I listened to a certain song by stars on the way to the airport on the way to the airport <laughs> um I have my baby like always, in a hanger. this is something you do <laughs> I listened to a certain song by stars um on the drive to the hospital and then during like the worst months of my postpartum uh airs walkie talkie i don't know if you know that album i don't know Uh, it's it's a phenomenal album they are from uh versailles a french electronic band okay um i would i would turn on that album and it would soothe her when she was very little and we're i'm just sitting there talking to her at breakfast like having these really in-depth deep conversations and it like just fucking struck me like holy fucking shit like i have i have this human being this fully formed human being sitting here that i was afraid wasn't gonna walk it's really it's a, it's such a mind fuck uh to when you consider it like she's 15 years 15 you have a 15 year old i still have another another month and a half she, and she is wow. so jazzed to get her driver's permit. Like she is like ready, like right now. And when when can they start? Um, they can start taking classes immediately at fifteen, if they get their permit six months before their sixteenth birthday. They can get the license on their birthday. So, wow. All she is so into like I, a lot of kids these days don't want to drive. Lita wants to drive. Lita wants to get out. She wants to go be free. She doesn't want to be limited. So, yeah. You're going to have a driver. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not I'm not ready for that. Good luck. <laughs> what do we do? Oh man. What do we do? I don't know. I don't know. He can't he he I don't know if he's gonna remember to look at it, yeah traffic lights. Exactly. Like she is she's so Ugh. absent minded, like she will actually say to me with her glasses on her face, Where are my glasses? Like, and I love yeah. her, yep. but then I think about her in a moving vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty terrifying. Uh-huh. And then I think of the people who have like three or four kids that are kind of all around the same age. Oh my God. That like one is in driver's ed, one already has their license, one's almost going to take, I, oh man, I don't know what you, I don't know how you stay sane. To all of you out there who are in that position or were or will be, God. You're amazing for it. I, I have one, and it's probably going to kill me. <laughs> and it's still, I, I think he has to, I, I guess I should look, but I feel like it's more like 15 and a half here or something. So I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Which could put him like around winter. So he could be doing it in the snow, which is not at all terrifying. <laughs> so to sort of bring this back full circle, full circle. See, I would, I would, I would st- I would stumble on words like that as I was reading the book. Circle. The They ordered me lunch every day and I would sit down with the sound guy. And he's like, you know, so you have two? And I was like, yeah, I have, I have uh, two girls. I said, do you have any? She's like, he's like, I have four girls. <laughs> and I oh, literally man. fell out of my chair. I literally like fell out of the chair onto the ground. I was like, what? <laughs> what is the age range? His oldest is 25 and his youngest is 15. And I said to him, like, <laughs> as I'm reading these, as I'm reading these chapters, like, <laughs> I'm wondering what he's thinking. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He's like, what the fuck is this? Like, who the fuck wrote this book? But he talked about how, you know, yeah, it's it's a thing. Girls are a thing. And oh, um, man. I gave the book to the lead anesthesiologist of the study. And he read it in a day and had, had been sending me text messages as he was reading it. And he was just like, I, what this has taught me, and I'm only saying this because it, it just means so much to me. He's like, what this has taught me is that my words carry so much weight and you showed me like the human side of what I'm doing. Like I'm so into the technical aspects of the research that I I see that I'm, I have patients who have families and friends and that their lives are affected by this. And he was like, I, I can't tell you how much this means to me that you're, you've done this. And... <sighs> I got that yesterday. I got that text yesterday right before I went in to record. <laughs> oh, so that didn't help. I'm already I'm already an emotional mess. <laughs> and I walk in and I have a black eye and the <laughs> Oh man. I walk in, I have a black eye and the um the t- the sound technician was like, "Hey, are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm fine. Everything is fine. I'm good. Let's go." Let's do this. I always, because I, I say that, I like all the time, I'll just say it's fine, everything's fine. And I always think of that 
that gif of like the dog sitting at a table drinking coffee and the <laughs> whole entire room is burning <laughs> it yes. just says everything's fine like always because it's it's perfect mm-hmm. that is exactly that is exactly what it is and it's in i i mean i could totally go around saying yeah somebody beat me when in actuality i parked my car on an incline and slipped on some ice as i was getting out and literally hit my eye on the corner of the door of my car oh my god of course oh man and i was like oh that hurt not realizing that it was like i have like pierced like like punctured the whole part of my left the whole left of my eye is black the universe isn't gonna make this shit easy for you Mm-mm. That's for damn sure any time would be nice though like things could change you know but that kind of feedback from the lead doctor. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It was, it was good. It's really good. I'm, I'm encouraged. And that's what I'm holding on to right now. There's a lot of work to be done before it comes out. And if any listener is out there uh, who is interested in the book, I am doing, I'm going to be sending out some email and offering deleted scenes, that sort of thing. There's some incentives coming up. So... Yeah, maybe I'll even take a picture of my black eye and send it out. <laughs> oh, there we go. Everyone needs that. That's a, that's a hell of a reward. Yeah. But if uh, if anyone has any suggestions for maybe keeping kids on the road or just, you know, helping them remember how to be human. How to, like, look both awesome. ways at a stop sign. Yeah. Right. That would be, that'd be great. We're, we're both very interested in that. Oh, I'm supposed, so to stop. Always... I'm supposed to stop at a red light. Oh, oops. Oh, t- oh <laughs> damn. You can, you can email us to stories at manicramblings.com or you can find us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at manicramblings and, of course, on Patreon. And a huge thanks to our new patrons. It means a lot. You are really helping keep this going, so that's, uh, that's awesome. Yes, thank you. Um, until next time God we rambled quite a bit fuck we really did yeah we really one, did that was a bad. rambling episode guys um yeah until next time um until next time make sure you're prepared and you're snowed in and if you need any help with that find a Mormon find a Mormon Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.